0: Thank God for the cross. Thank God for the power of the cross. Not the wood itself, but for that precious blood that flowed down the cross that day for our salvation, for our healing. Taking my text this morning, again from Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse 1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace. you heard peace mentioned the last two nights in their sermons? Peace is something that it appears everyone is looking for, but nobody can find. This world is in so much turmoil. And that word comes up. Peace. But no matter how hard the world looks or where they look, they cannot find it. What my Bible tells me is that the world is ripe for someone to come on the scene and say, I have peace. Peace. Someone that offers to provide peace. That someone that could only offer peace is coming too. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Thessalonians, said, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace. And safety. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them. And they shall not escape. But the good news is we can have peace in this present world. We can have inner peace. We can have peace with God. We can have peace with our fellow man. This verse says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever I see that word therefore or wherefore in the word of God, it tells us, what's it there for? Basically, it tells us to look back. See what's leading up. Because that word basically says, so there. I means there has to be something before it of importance. And this chapter 5 is basically an explanation of the last two verses of chapter 4, which say, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, and was raised again for our justification." Chapter 5 is the therefore. How do we get true peace? This verse tells us it's through justification by faith. What does it mean to be justified? It means to be innocent, to be free, to be made righteous. In other words, to be saved. Just as if I had never sinned. It infers that we were once wrong through our sin which stands between us and God. It separates us. The Bible tells us we are enemies with God when we're in our sin. So what must we do to have this peace? We must come. We must confess our sins. We must ask forgiveness for those sins. Have godly sorrow for those sins. That means we trust God through faith for salvation. It means believing what God says is true. Justification is God's act of declaring us not guilty. Paul gives us a prime example of this kind of faith. Of trusting God for the answer. For believing God's word. In chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Abraham believed God and was counted unto him as righteousness. The apostle continues, in verse 20 it says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed or credited to him for righteousness. And then the other two verses I just read, it was written not for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also. Abraham's faith. And God and his promises were so strong that it was credited to him as being righteous, justified, saved. Jesus had not died on the cross yet, but it was credited to Abraham because of his faith, his unwavering faith in God. It was not through his good works. It was not by following the law. It was through unwavering faith alone. Because faith is a principle by which we are united to Christ, it's the avenue by which we are saved. the word faith, the root word means to be convinced. To rely on something or someone. As used here, it means to have reliance on Christ. And he shed blood for our salvation. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. As we go through here this morning, I will use the word justified and saved. I will interchange those from time to time. But this morning, I want us to consider what are the benefits or the blessings of being justified by faith. That's what I want us to consider this morning. You know, when we're looking for a job, many times the big question is, what are the benefits? What is the pay? What are the sick leave benefits? What is the vacation? And especially right now, what are the health care benefits? We're looking at the benefits when we're looking for a new job. When we have a new master of our life, a new employer, if you will, we receive a gracious benefits package, a very generous benefits package. When we're looking for a job in the world, we may not like the benefits package but what's offered. We may turn it down. But when we have a new master in God, we have a much better package. A package we would never want to turn down. As Christians, we need to know. And I believe we need to be reminded of our benefits in Christ. Knowing these benefits will sustain us in the good times, in the not-so-good times. It will carry us through all the way to the end as we gain patience, experience, and hope through the love of God. Our text today, I believe, provides us with four distinct benefits of being justified or saved by faith. The number one we see right at the top of the verse is we have peace with God. Peace with God means we are reconciled with Him. We're in harmony with Him. And this verse is actually the parallel passage to Romans 8.1, where it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. As we said, an unsaved person is at odds with God. Because he cannot obey God's law or fulfill his will. There are two verses from Isaiah that point this out. In Isaiah 48 and 22 it says, There is no peace, saith the Lord, under the wicked. In Isaiah 32 and 17 it says, And the work of righteousness shall be peace. Condemnation means that God declares us sinners. And as the death ends, there can be no true peace with this declaration. Because condemnation is the opposite of peace. But justification means that God declares us righteous, which is a declaration of peace. Made possible through Christ's death on the cross. The psalmist said, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Or there's a song that we like to sing that says, Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. You see, justification is distinct from peace. Justification is our standing before God through the work of Christ on the cross, and peace is the result. But salvation. Justification, there's peace of mind. There's no guilt, no condemnation. No fear of tomorrow. No fear of Christ's soon return. Because the peace within our soul comes from that peace with God. As Paul wrote to the Philippians, he said, It's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. The second benefit of being justified, we find in verse 2. Says, by whom also we have access by faith. Through Jesus, we have access to God. And of ourselves, we are not worthy. We're not worthy. But Jesus has become our advocate, He's become our intermediary, sitting at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And we have access to God. Through his son, Jesus Christ. I saw a sign that said, Faith is a gift, no purchase necessary. We have access by faith. And if we have access by faith, we can come boldly into the throne of God that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Access into God's presence is also access into God's grace, His unmerited favor. And that's the grace wherein we stand. But we also rejoice in hope. Hope is a complex emotion made up of a desire for an object and an expectation of obtaining it. Here, the hope of the glory of God is the expectation of seeing Him someday in heaven. We stand in grace, but we look for the glory of God. Peace with God takes care of the past. He'll no longer hold our sins against us. Access to God takes care of the present. We can come to Him at any time to find help for our needs. Of the glory of God takes care of the future. One day we shall share in his glory. Verse 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. That's the third benefit of being saved. We glory in tribulations. You say, What? That word means to, to rejoice, to have joy. Now we all know that's not an easy thing. To do, you're probably asking yourself, "How is that a benefit? To rejoice or joy or glory in tribulations, in trials, in problems?" I saw another sign. It said, "You see obstacles when you take your eyes off the goal. When we take our eyes off the goal, which is heaven, then we see the obstacles." We see the trials. We see the problems that are in front of us. And as we know, salvation is no escape from the trials of life. Jesus said in John 16, In the world ye shall have tribulation. But for the believer, these trials work for, not against him. How so? Read on. The verse, knowing that tribulation patience, endurance, constancy, an athlete, training for games, even for the Olympics that are going to be taking place in Japan, they work, they work out, they exercise, they go through their individual sport trying to perfect, and they push themselves to the limit. Patience and experience. And experience hope. As patience we develop during these situations, bring us experience. And many of us have a lot of experiences as patience is being worked out in our lives. That's just part of life. But as a Christian, Experience. It is proof that we are who we say we are, approved of God. It is proven character through testing. It proves that we are genuinely walking by faith. And through this patience and this experience, Experience it shows that our our faith is real, and we obtain this hope in two distinct ways and two successive stages of our Christian life. First, upon being saved, we have the sense of peace, and we have that abiding access to God that gives us hope. And secondly, we have hope after the reality of our faith has been proven through these trials and tribulations. The English word, our English word for tribulation comes from the Latin word tribulum. In Paul's day, a tribulum was a heavy piece of wood had spikes in it and they used it to separate the wheat from the chaff. It would be drawn across and it would separate it. Well, what do trials do for us? Many times it works out the chaff. It works it out. The stuff that does doesn't belong. As we heard last night, getting some of that stuff out of our closet and getting that stuff out of our lives, that hinders us. Those things that so easily beset us. Getting that chaff out of the way. And the greatest benefit we receive from rejoicing in tribulations is that we gain patience, experience, and hope. Verse 5 says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. That's benefit number four. Probably one of the greatest benefits we have. The expectation the confidence that we have in God will not be ashamed. It will not disappoint us. Why? Because God's love is shed abroad. I cannot read this verse without thinking or comparing it to a paintbrush or a paint roller. Where God just takes His love and He just puts it all the way across. Just paints us up with His love. There's no spots behind it. There's no blank spots like we have sometimes when we're painting a wall. God's love is just shed abroad by the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, it says, God commendeth or proved His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's the love of God that saves us when we come by faith. When we're sinners, while we're still trying to live our life in our own strength, of failing in God's sight. God's love goes on. And the blood of Christ flowing from the cross still avails for us. Verse 6 says, when we are without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we had no moral compass, we're trying to make it ourselves in our own way, but failing. God's love was there. And he sent his son to die on that cross for your sins and for mine. That love was shed abroad. And his love continues on. His love continues on. He continues to provide a way for us. For the one who's not saved, he still provides a way through the blood of Jesus. His love is so great. It's so great. Paul writing to the Corinthians says, "It now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity or love. He says it abides. It does not fail. It cannot fail. Because that's who God is. God is love. And if we experience the love of God in our lives, we can have peace. Peace with God. And peace with our fellow man. Ask this morning, have you been justified? Have you been saved? Has the blood of Jesus been applied to your life? If so, are you taking full advantage of the benefits of salvation? The benefits provided to you through the blood of Jesus Christ. There are many. Do you have peace with God and your fellow man? Are you rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. Do you have that hope of heaven in your heart, or is there just that little bit of, well, I don't quite know. Are you using your access to the Father to draw closer to God? All of these things are possible through faith in God. Because we have access to God by faith. And because the love of God has been shed abroad. If you're not saved this morning, I encourage you to come. Come. Access that precious blood of Jesus by faith. Just turn your life over to Him. Surrender it all. Unconditionally. Be sorry for your sins. Ask for forgiveness. He will not disappoint you. No matter where you stand this morning, I challenge you to come. Take advantage of the wonderful benefits of justification. Come and bend your knees. Come and bend your hearts. And see what God will do for you. Our song this morning is 397. Let's come and pray.